Welcome to the Mommy Matters podcast, where Mommy Matters is a double entendre that states and declares that mommies matter, where we have conversations surrounding Mommy Matters from conception to pregnancy to postpartum, mother and father wounds, dating, mindfulness and self-care, spirituality, parenting, discipline, legislation, money, and so much more. It is my hope and my prayer that the information that you gather here serves as a blueprint for generational and individual ascension. Enjoy. Welcome and hello. Thank you for joining the Mommy Matters podcast where we discuss intergenerational healing, self-care, all things mommy from having a baby to taking care of the children to raising children to everything, whatever you can consider. And welcome to episode two of our podcast. So today's topic is on intergenerational trauma and intergenerational healing. Everyone that knows me knows that this is a topic of huge discussion for me because through my own personal process, and by the way, I am your host, Cecile Edwards of Mommy Evolve. I'm the CEO and founder of Mommy Evolve, where we discuss intergenerational healing and self-care. Self-care from a mental, spiritual, physical, psychological standpoint. So deep self-care, sacred self-care as I call it. And intergenerational healing is predicated by, of course, intergenerational trauma, some sort of trauma. And if you took your time to do any kind of research, you would find uh, compelling information from both um, the Holocaust and what many from the Holocaust have, not many, most if not all, have from the Holocaust have had to deal with and overcome from the atrocities performed on their, the people, the Jewish people of Europe and, and beyond Europe, actually. You will also find information um, from individuals who talk about it from the standpoint of Native Americans and going to the uh, schools that many children were put into and how that started the down spiral of the traumas that have been passed down. And this is why now you see a high rate of alcoholism, sexual abuse, any anything that you could fathom in uh, Native American communities. Very high rate, the highest in, in this country. And then we have the conversation um, with, um, I can't remember the woman's name right now, but she wrote a book called Post-Traumatic Slavery S Syndrome. And that talks about the um, traumas that were committed and the, the on black people in America, African people who were enslaved in America, and the ensuing and residual um, traumas that we now, you know, have to deal with or African-Americans in, in the America now have to deal with. 
So we have to talk about um, intergenerational healing in context of intergenerational trauma. There is no way to separate it because you have to know where, why the healing is even required in the first place. So before I even get deep into this conversation, I really want to do sort of a grounding or a trigger warning. And I really want you to be able to take care of yourself in this process because this is very important when you're talking about heavy subjects and heavy topics that you have the tools and the skills that are necessary to uh, to be able to ground yourself or reground yourself in a process because you never know what can trigger anyone in a conversation. You just don't know. So it's wonderful when you have the tools to take care of yourself um, take care of yourself. And this is why my conversation for Mommy Evolve is intergenerational healing and self-care because you, the healing that is required for us to do better for future generations requires a deeper level of self-care, mental, spiritual self-care, and you have to really understand what that means. So if you feel yourself, I don't know, getting overwhelmed or anxious, angry, perhaps feeling numb even, or daydreaming, in the process of this conversation, then please take the time to pause it. That's the beauty of a pause podcast. <laughs> pause it. Do some deep breathing. Right? Or stop and go for a walk. Grab your journal and etch out perhaps why you're feeling this way. If you can pinpoint it. Why it perhaps has triggered you. Take a drink of some calming tea. Put some aromatherapy on to calm your nerves. Lavender, peppermint. Those things are very calming to your nervous system. Do a yoga pose that you find relaxing. Whatever it is. When you feel triggered, make sure that you stop in you because otherwise what happens is your brain, once you feel triggered or any of these emotions, your brain, you literally, you can't even pay attention anymore. Your mind gets stuck at whatever it is that triggered you. So let's be mindful of that and um, take a few moments for ourselves because the information is here. And you can come back to it and listen. So, talking about intergenerational traumas, um, we have to look at our families and what our families have been through. And some of us know where I, what the story of our families. This is why I always advocate ensuring that you... Um, or taking the time to really get to know what your family history is. Because knowing is powerful. Some of us can guess some of the things that happened in our families because of what happened to us. So perhaps, you know, some of us, for example, don't have the connection to our history for whatever reason. Maybe adoption. It just may be, you know, poor family history. You may not have family. We may be moved, removed from them in some way, shape or form. You know, in the case of African-Americans, there isn't a lot of our history has been lost because of um, poor documentation and poor oral histories. And so 
But again, we are the living history. And so we can sort of dissect and figure out what some of the things that may have occurred in the past are through just understanding what it is that we have gone through. Also, you know, I am a holistic practitioner and I believe in holistic. I don't just believe in it. Believe is a, a weak word to me. I know that there are other ways that holistically you can find information. So, for example, you can do past life regressions. I do past life readings personally. You can um, do hypnosis. Hypnosis is a very powerful tool to understand what goes on in your subconscious mind and really connect that. Um to perhaps um, family history, but you also have um, things like, and these go into not just finding out the finding out history possibly, but also healing yourself. All of these things are very healing, right? Because once you know information, that's it's so powerful. And I'm going to get into why that is when we talk about intergenerational healing in a second. So you know there are ways to find out. You know we have all of these movements. I'm I'm not you know fully into a lot of these movements in terms of, you know, Ancestry.coms and all of that. Uh, but there are people who uh, could do other routes like the, um, what is the name of that church? There's a church that has, it's a huge church, very well known. And they have a database of documentation of people who, um, of people's family. Like you can go on their website. I think it's the, the latter, no, it's not. Man, I can't remember for some reason. I I did a went to a presentation with a man who was from the church, and he was talking about. I even went online and tried to see if I could find family members, etc. But I couldn't. Um, my family is from the Caribbean, so that may be why. But I don't know. I'm still on my quest to find out more about my family history, and I have learned a lot from my grandmothers because I am very blessed to still have them. Um, and if you do, I would highly recommend that you try to get information in there, you know, clear and presence of mind and all of that, that you try to get um, information from them um, as much as you can, or any elder in your family or anybody that you feel may have um, powerful and pertinent information. Because that information really is, it really is critical to knowing yourself. I mean, look in cultures where family history and knowing what the family family members did and all of that stuff plays into so much of how the current folks in the family carry themselves throughout life, you know, because you know that you had that legacy. And so you want to live up to the legacy by being your best self, of course. But, you know, knowing that is a very powerful thing. So intergenerational trauma, let me go back because y'all know I can go off on tangents. Intergenerational trauma through slavery, through forced removement um, from lands, through um, being educated outside of your cultural standard. Um, just like I just talked about those schools that Native Americans were put in. Um, all of those things are some of through various atrocities like you know the the holocaust and people being put in gas chambers and various um horrible acts like that that was exacted on people all of those things when things like that happen you have not only a break from your culture but there is a physical it represents it presents itself in your body physically right so you, you're, there's something in your genes that are um, either repressed 
or expressed all for your survival. So in epigenetics, epigenetics is the tells us the study of epigenetics tells us that our environment affects which genes are expressed. Right. So we have so many genes that science doesn't even know what like literally only knows what one percent of our genes does. Right. <laughs> literally. Right. But um, funny enough, if you speak to any people who are good metaphysicians, they will tell you that you can unlock and express all of your genes and, you know, be walk around on this earth as a healed and whole person. And that's what a lot of our ancestors did. Actually, they did that via, you know, taking various medicines, quote unquote, um, such as ayahuasca, which is very popular these days, which, you know, kind of gives me pause. But, you know, it's um, because it is, a, it is a sacred medicine. And so, I don't know. But anyway, so the traumas happen in various ways and traumas can happen in many ways. But when we're talking about intergenerational trauma, we're talking about a genetic um, something that affects your genes so deeply that you can have a child and that child can have that trauma affect them too based on how you perhaps did not or did deal with the, your own trauma. So let me give you an example. I was watching something where there was a woman from a um, a one of the, those reform schools, right? And she the the not reform. That's not the name of the school. Is reform? It's something else. And um, the schools where Native Americans were sent. And she was. She discussed how, you know, not learning her language was a huge trauma to her because she could not communicate with her grandmothers, her grandfathers, and sometimes even with her mother because she had been disconnected from her language. And so therefore she was felt disconnected from her family. And that's what really trauma is. It disconnects you from the joy of your ability to express and instead gives you a poor or subpar way to express yourself as yourself basically so she because she could not communicate that always left some sort of void in her right and so as a result and this happens you'll hear but you can go ahead and look up the cases just something like that that we think is very simple the loss of language has caused many to commit suicide, has caused many to go turn to alcohol and drugs and other addictions um, in order to cope with their sense of loss of self. So when you think about enslaved people from Africa brought to America, language was one of the, the first things that was lost because they had to adapt to their situation. Right. Not only were they displaced from their lands as well, but they lost the thing that they had to, had hanging on from their lands, which was their language. Right. Of course, there was also, you know, everything's about survival. So when somebody experiences trauma and they cannot talk about it or they they find it difficult to find ways to heal from it, that's. A lot of times because it was a survival mechanism. People did what they had to do to survive, 
by the way. And I'm going to get into that when we talk about the healing aspect because, you know, a lot of times in our family, families, we don't talk about certain things and we don't verbalize certain things and we don't bring certain things to light. And now it's time for us to start doing that. However, I've come to understand and realize and see that for many, keeping that under wraps was a part of a survival strategy. Now, though, we are living in times where communicating, speaking the truth to power is way more powerful, way more effective than hiding it. Because our children need to understand, they need to know so that they do not repeat the pattern so that they can break the cycles within themselves and come to some understanding about why they feel the way they feel about certain people, places, things and subjects. But also so that we can refine our culture and get back to our culture and know what we need to do in order to keep our culture intact. And this is not something that's going to happen next week, right? It's something that takes time, but the more you know, the better you can move forward, more information you can move forward with. So the various traumas, I hope that I define trauma, intergenerational traumas well for you. And some of the common themes that I see in traumas are an intergenerational trauma is addiction um, because the addiction are a way to deal with feeling there's something wrong with you. Right. And again, that disconnect from the culture of yourself, of your family, of those that you uh, that are in your genes and in your blood, you know, that disconnect from that. This is why, again, Mommy Evolve is all about holistic ways of healing yourself. Because if you don't have self-love and self-trust, anything can, um, anything can get in your psyche, in your system to dismantle and unravel you. Literally. Right. And that is what when we experience traumas so deep as those that are intergenerational, where things are taken away from us or we feel like we don't belong or we feel like we're not good enough. That is essentially what is what it is doing to us. So some other examples, again, I gave you the um, the information about um, the post-traumatic slavery system syndrome, which is an excellent book in describing many of the ways in which African-Americans still are dealing with intergenerational traumas, right? And so a lot of things that diseases that are stress-related, like, like um, high blood pressure and um, lupus and, and these kinds of things are all, are all, um, are all intergenerationally based. This is why we'll see families where high blood pressure is common or diabetes is common. These are stress-related diseases that um, a lot of the traumas that were exacted on our great-great-grandmothers and great-great-great-grandfathers are still living in our bodies. I have a book that I have yet to read. I read a, a little bit of it anyway, and it's called Your Body Keeps the Score. This, the research on this is so powerful that everyone needs to include this in their healing regimen. Because I know for me, knowing the things that I know now about my you know, family, the things that I know about my family history and about generational traumas, I understand now why I have dealt with certain things that I've dealt with, right? And I know why you know, I'm dealing with, for example, the issue of emotional eating, right? 
and how that may have come about and how I am really looking at that in a different light now. So going back a little bit, excuse me, intergenerational trauma is what happened to past family members. And we remember and perpetuate these through our actions. And we held on to these to, to survive. And so to keep living through abuse and perpetuating it is a survival mechanism in intergenerational trauma. Um, we hold on and in, instinctually react. We do not do this intentionally. That's why part a huge part of healing and being your whole self is being intentional about everything you do. Right? So we hold on to these by never speaking on what happened or forgetting. Sometimes we forget. Traumas can be forgotten. You'll hear that. And I've heard that before saying, oh, my goodness, I didn't even remember that. You asking me that triggered the memory. Right? So, again, sometimes our families are not trying to hold things back from us. But sometimes we have to be intentional. Nowadays, we have to be intentional about having the conversations. Right? Um, sometimes people have flashback memories, right, that are continuous. It affects the way that you see yourself in the world. So, you know, if you don't see yourself as completely whole and powerful, oftentimes we can go back into our history. I know, for example, that one of the main things that I've dealt with is um, self-worth. And that's something that a lot of us deal with, especially black women in America. Women, period. Um, but black women in America, based on the way that our relationship with our worth, with money, you know, there's a, a wonderful businesswoman named Dr. Venus Opal Reese. And she talks about how, um, you know, because we have been bought and sold, you know, in the history of this country, that our relationship to money and our ability to bank the amount of money that we are worth because we're so brilliant is is is. Um, a small fraction of what we're actually making, right? Because we're 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 so accustomed to having that history. This is part of our collective intergenerational trauma of being bought and sold in this country, in America, I should say. Because hopefully, there's people in other countries listening. <laughs> um, oftentimes, people who have experienced intergenerational trauma feel different than others. Like something is missing from their lives. Um, oftentimes, and I've seen this, um, it's with, with young people that I've worked with, they'll, people will revert back to the age where the trauma happened. I've done it. One of my coaches had to tell me that you're responding to this, to a situation that I was responding to related to, um, uh, an, uh, an issue that I was dealing with, told me that I was responding like a child. I was not responding like the grown woman that I was. So we all do it. By the way, there's no limit to when you're going to do it. So you have to be very conscientious of, and how am I responding to this? How would my grown-up self want to respond to this? Or how would this persona, a persona of, a, of, of another, the person that I want to respond to it in a different way, respond to this? So, you know, you know, Beyonce has Sasha Fierce, who does her performances a certain way, right? Do you need to create a persona so that you can respond to people in a certain way, right? 
that you feel is outside of yourself, but it really is in you. You can do that. I'm giving you all the tips, okay? <laughs> um, some people even have outer body experiences. Panic attacks, that used to be something that I dealt with. Um, sleep disturbances. All of these things are very common things that I hear women say that they deal with. Um, difficulty feeling hunger or satiated, satiety. Okay, Sati satiated. <laughs> okay, so all of these things are um, ways that our body deals with trauma. The mental, spiritual, and physical ways that we deal with trauma that we have, have gone through. And... You know, trauma is passed through generations in so many different ways. Um, you know, I was, again, listening to something or reading something where they were saying that the, the Native Americans that had to go to these residential schools, they were not able to um, express their, their emotions. So different emotions, anger, fear, joy, concern, um, all of those things, if they were seen by staff, they, they, you know, the staff would try to control or punish their behaviors. And so therefore, children stop, you know, exercising emotions to survive. And I've seen this a lot. You know, I've done it before where I would tell my daughter, stop crying, you know, or try to mute what she's, she's crying, crying because I was, you know, agitated or whatever. And it may not be on the same level, of course, of a residential school, but it made me think. Okay, what are other ways that we can get our children to express their emotions, um, but also to level up in the way that they express themselves, right? Because sometimes you'll find, you know, children that are a little bit older, maybe eight or something, still whining or throwing temper tantrums. And it's like, you know, you're, you, you can talk now <laughs> when you're two, you know, or, or you're one or baby, Below the age of two, crying is the, the, the primary way. So we have to be more intentional about teaching our children to communicate. But we have to be very intentional and knowledgeable about how to communicate powerfully. And that's something that a lot of us deal with. We don't know how to communicate, especially men. A lot of times men don't know how to communicate because they're, they've been catered to through our patriarchal society. Right? So they don't feel like they have to communicate on a certain level. But that's not true. We know that that's not true. And also one of the uh, very interesting thing is that we often see the same, the same behaviors of shutting down um, that children who aren't able to express their emotions. We see that same shutting down in prisoners of war um, and prisoners or um, people who've served time in prison. Um, So when we experience trauma and we experience any kind of, you know, any kind of trauma, we, we, and then the trauma is re-triggered, then we, you know, we go through the, you know, fight, if something is re-triggered, we do fight, flight, um, or freeze, or we look to others for help, right? So we have to be aware of what is going on in our bodies. That's why the, the starting, um, consideration or the, the activity was very important for us to really sit in our bodies, right? So to know what our bodies are feeling 
how they're feeling so that we can not just react, but be intentional about how we take care of ourselves through that process, right? Know how we are feeling, why we're feeling that way, how we can change why we're feeling that way, or just be with it for a minute so that we are clear about it. Because a lot of times we are not able to heal ourselves because we just figure that whatever it is that we do is just who we are, but it's not serving us well. It's not serving us well. So, for example, I used to make all kinds of excuses about why I would, um, you know, I was a binge eater or that I was, you know, never felt satiated as, as we said, as, as a vestige of a physical manifestation of some sort of trauma. And I would be like, oh, you know, I just like food. I like to cook. And all of those things are true. But your brain does tell your body when to shut down. So that means that shut down from eating, you know, because you're full. But so when I when you don't have that connection and you're not knowing what your body is saying and feeling, then that's a disconnection. And you have to be honest about that. You know, so now I can sit with myself when I'm having certain cravings or whatever and be like, oh, OK, <laughs> you know, I understand this now. And the more that I could feel it without reacting the better I become at, you know, dealing with it as an issue, right? Um, yeah, so unpacking those triggers is so critical to our healing process. Now we're getting into healing. So we talked about what intergenerational trauma is and how it may manifest mentally, physically, and spiritually. Now we're talking about what the healing looks like. And I know one of the things that came to my attention about my healing process. And now that I know, I am so like happy that I know this and that I can, you know, be more intentional that's the word of the year, y'all, intentionality. <laughs> I can be more intentional. Now I am paying better attention to how my body, um, how I try to rush through my healing process. Because that's what ends up happening. A lot of us feel and think that, you know, we are going to heal years and years of trauma in a week. We're not. Okay, you experience something one time, I promise you, you're going to continue to experience it. I just told you about my eating um, disorder and, you know, so it's something that I've been dealing with for years and I still get cravings on things that I, I why I have those cravings, I don't know. <laughs> right. Well, I do know it's because it's still it's still a memory. It's still a part of who I am, but I don't have to react to that. I don't have to react to that. I don't have to react to the feelings of feeling a little bit sad. I don't have to react to it. It doesn't have to be something that I jump up and react to um, with that default mechanism of I'm going to satiate it. No, I can sit and think about it or I can just just feel it and let it pass because it does. But I realized initially I didn't know this, though. I would try to speed through my healing um, but that is a symptom of trauma, that impatience. Um, it's a vestige of anxiety. And that's something that I've talked about before. Anxiety and my anxiety and, and a lot of people who have 
traumas deal with anxiety. A lot of people in this society deal with a high level of anxiety just because the society is very productivity driven, right? And so it's like, okay, you went to this retreat. Are you healed now? <laughs> no, that's not what it's about. Going to the retreat is about starting the process or continuing to gain tools and continuing to become comfortable with the tools that you already have. That's what it's about. That's what the retreat is about. Right. Um, so, you know, we pass on. We have the the healing can be very the passing on. The traumas can be very unconscious if we are not aware. And this is why, you know, in the book that I'm writing, I talk about a little bit in the book that I have written, the Mommy Magic Handbook, um, that you can find at my website, by the way, um, www.mommyevolve.com. But we pass on our traumas um, unintentionally, unconsciously, because we um, have, again, normalized some of the behaviors. We're not aware of how intergenerational trauma works, how trauma works, period. And so we continue to pass those on. Right. And so you need to become aware of what it is that you are doing, whatever it is that you're doing. And so one of the things I'm going to give you an example, I'm using myself as the most powerful example here is I used to talk really strongly. I grew up in a family where the women worked really hard. Right. I am just in recent years, I have come to really sit in my femininity and be more open to receiving and being taken care of. And I've noticed that my level of the way that I speak, for example, I don't speak as strongly. Right. And that was something that I was accustomed to, though. I was accustomed to hearing the women in my family speak very strongly and rough to the children. And so, of course, that's something that I perpetuated. And I didn't think about how that opens your child up to thinking that that is the standard for of treatment for them and how they think that that is the standard of treatment for others how they give treatment to others and i'm talking and, the, and yes this is the level of how things happen because our children are like little um, sponges they take in everything so you think that you're just doing something you know but no, your children are watching. They're paying attention to how you're eating. They're paying attention to how you're living. They're paying attention to how you're speaking. Because that's their model for how they're going to think, speak, act, and do. Okay? So you have to be very conscientious of that as a reality and as a truth. And know that if you see anything happening in your children, a great place to start may be to figure out, one, are you spending enough time with them to know and to, um, to know them well and to know what's going on with them? And also, what are you doing in that area? How are you, how are you speaking? I watched a video just the other day where some kids, the, the, the mom caught the children cussing. I mean, they was cussing, y'all. F-bombs. Okay, little children like five, they couldn't have been more than five. One was five, maybe the other one was maybe three. They were little. And the first thing the mom said when she tried to get them to stop was the same curse word that she was trying to tell them to stop saying. And she probably doesn't even realize it. And she probably holds herself to a different standard than she holds her children. 
And quite frankly, if we really want to make impact and lasting intergenerational change, we have to hold ourselves to a high standard. So we don't want our children to be broke. (laughs) We have to get our money mindset right. If we don't want our children to be overweight and unhealthy, we have to work on how the actions that we take in order to be healthy and be at a healthy weight. If we don't want our children to suffer from depression and and these kinds of things, even though we think that we suffer these things in silence, again, our children are little metaphysical, spiritual, mental sponges. And we know this through the research. I might have to do a show on that and research on what happens on spirit babies and what happens in utero and all of that with our children. Because we know about, you know, and we will take in the information about, you know, playing Bach on your pregnant belly will make your child smarter. But okay, what about other stuff that you may do? (laughs) What about the other stuff? (laughs) Okay, we got to take all of it into consideration. I know it's difficult sometimes to think about the quote unquote negative things. I don't I don't consider them negative. I find them opportunities for the, the most amazing expansion. But we like to avoid those things. We like to avoid those things that um, this is why I talk about the the mother wound, because it's a dark topic and it's a topic that many people don't want to deal with. But it is critical in intergenerational healing. It is critical. And I'm going to have to do a whole separate podcast about that because you come through your mother. And even though we live in a quote unquote patriarchal society, everything truly is matriarchal in spirit. There is no, spiritually, everything is matriarchal. That's why you will take on whatever it is that your mother allows. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could break away from it, of course, right? And you can recreate the matriarchy with yourself and starting with your family. But that's how things get perpetuated. The mother wound is, 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 is a gripping thing. But many of us don't want to talk about it for many reasons. And again, I'll do a separate podcast about that. So I hope that you have got gained some very powerful things. I do want to say one final thing about the children and emotions. Our children do need to see a range of emotions um, so that ranges of emotions don't scare them. Because I know I used to be a very stoic person where I didn't want to cry. I didn't want people to see me angry. I didn't want people to see me in a certain way. And we know in our society, especially women, we only want people to see us smiling, right? Because if somebody sees us not smiling, they, you, we are afraid of what they're going to think. Make people start to see you in, with various emotions. You want to heal? Make people see that, okay? Because that's the truth of who we are. We experience various emotions and it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with us. You know, it does not mean that there's something wrong with us. In fact, it means that we're quite healthy. All right. So that, that's my one of my tips, something for you to think about. So thank you so much for listening. And once again, this is the Mommy Matters podcast where we discuss Mommy Matters in various ranges, intergenerational healing, self-care, parenting, Mommy Matters all around from the from your household to Congress. We, we're talking about it all. So I appreciate you listening and I look forward to hearing you or having you listen to my next podcast. 
like that? I know it was as informative for you as it was for me. Look, this is a process for all of us. And to keep this process going, I would love to invite you to donate to our podcast. We want to continue to give you high-level content, beautiful content that enlightens and inspires and broadens your vision to elevate you and evolve. So please feel free to go to the podcast page at anchor.fm forward slash mommy matters. We would love to hear your questions and comments as well so that we can discuss them in future podcasts. And you can email that to momevolve at gmail.com. You can also visit the website and send your comments there. www.mommyevolve.com And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Peace and love.